the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And indeed, as you heard it stated, I am in the house today. In the midst of your hearing, your auditory capacity, and glad to be with you. On this Monday, August 21st, 2023, again, another pristine day in the Bay Area, I might say. Not as warm as it was yesterday, and certainly not as warm as it was the day before, thankfully. I love a little balanced weather, but the last two days were exceedingly warm, but gorgeous, I would say. And though, yes, we had a fabulous time in Heather Farm Park out in Walnut Creek, our annual barbecue fellowship for Grace Bible Church. As you know, I'm Jesse Gistan, the host of this program on Monday, filling in for Mr. Craig Roberts uh, behind the Attila DeHun. And glad to be doing it for as long as I'm doing it in this absolutely insane, crazy, backwards world that we're living in. Uh, And glad to be part of those that are free to express, free to share, free to discuss, free to articulate, and free to set forth my viewpoints. And I believe that they are accurate, as many, many more are also experiencing the red pill event. I mean, really, do you guys know what I mean by a red pill event? I I know many of you have watched. If you haven't, The Matrix 1, 2, and 3, you ought to, but the red pill is the pill you take when you want to be awakened to the reality of all of the structures and the system and the power dynamics behind the projected image that you and I are constantly being fed every day in our secular world that is um, governed by manipulation, deception, falsehood, pseudoism, and and, and lies. Uh, according to your Bible, the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one, First John chapter 5. What that does mean is that there are constant streams of error, constant streams of falsehood, constant streams of information that intentionally deceive that intentionally distract, that intentionally misrepresent reality. And today you and I are living in such a world, I thought about this just recently, almost everything that my government is doing, particularly from the standpoint of policy and information, from the standpoint of media and and, and data, uh, the, the neo-pravda, system of our government, almost everything that they're saying is is uh, is a lie. It's remarkable to think that way, I know. 
And you might think I'm extreme with that, but I, I want you to test this. As a rule, when you hear it from a government official, as a rule, if they say go left, go right. If they say don't believe that, believe it. If they say that it's raining cats and dogs, don't believe it. Um, if they tell you this person is wrong, believe that person. Virtually everything you are getting in our institutions of information, education, resources, data, entertainment, politics, religion, etc., by and large, is controlled narration designed to keep you disinformed, misinformed, malinformed. And what's interesting is this is called anti-truth. It's not just not true. It's anti-truth. It is the opposite of the truth. It is a uh, ongoing, pervasive unreeling of reality if you passively listen to what they're saying and you let it be you let it be so um there are two topics i want to bring to the table really just two articles but intrinsic in those articles are topics i want to bring to you one is about the red pill experience of one of espn's uh recent departures a female called sage Steele. Sage Steele was an African-American. She was actually African-American and Caucasian, which she proudly owned. Uh, but she was an African-American female in an almost all-male um, uh, sports uh, conglomerate. A big ESPN is big, as you know. It's falling by the wayside because it has been captivated and regulated and corrupted by this woke politics system as it's designed to be. Woke politics is designed to tear everything down. The very systems and tools and, and mechanisms and, and shillings and, and mules and donkeys they use to purvey this uh, wokeism, uh, they plan on destroying those systems right along with it. And so you see Disney and you see ESPN and you see Fox and you see CNN and you see all the other news outlets and all the other media formats, Hollywood, all of it's going downhill because the average citizen does not want it. No one wants to be told perversion is good. No one wants to be told that uh, extreme anomaly, anomalies are normal. No one wants to be told that up is down and down is up. No one wants to be told that the fringes are more important than the center and foundation of the system. No one wants to be told that because we know intuitively that cannot possibly be. The law, the law of the logic of the law of non-contradiction would tell you and me the red light cannot be a green light at the same time that it's a red light. That's a contradiction. And so people are starting to wake up, take the red pill. Uh, and, and that's a, a really a phenomenal concept in its own right. Remember, it was given as a choice um, uh, in the movie. Uh, of, uh, of, yeah, when we we're talking about the Matrix, it was given as a choice by the, the main character of that that series of events. Uh, two very prominent actors, as you guys know. I'm not an actor sage, so I'm not going to pull those names up. You will know them. But um, the choice to take the blue pill or the choice to take the red pill was really the idea of do you want to remain asleep or do you want to really be awakened to what your internal impulses are telling you? Because you remember what was happening 
to uh, to um, his name will come up. You can you email me if you want to on it. But uh, what was happening to the main uh, star of the movie is he was getting glimpses and, and insights that something was happening beyond what was normally happening. He was getting little epiphanies or what we would call um, uh, he would be getting markers, revelations, tokens. And he began to pursue those tokens. And those tokens led him to the brother that opened the door of the option of the red pill and blue pill. Now, in in this dystopian society that you and I are dealing with over the last three or four years, and actually longer, many people have found themselves taking the red pill. Now, what is the red pill? The red pill is a moment in time when either because of a trial, a difficulty, a real struggle, suffering, pain, humility brought on to you or others that crashes your present framing. It, it disrupts your present framing. It, it opens you up to a sense of something else is going on here and, and you have an epiphany and you are brought to a realization that your deep sense of intuitive knowing, which was contradicted by a facade of lies, was actually true. You knew there was more to what was going on than what was going on. You knew that, but you didn't know how to actually pursue it because a normalcy bias had trapped you into a set of assumptions that are predicated upon comfort and convenience and ease. And you didn't want to have to go through the door of the unknown, but trouble came in such a way that it crashed your present framing, your points of reference, your set of assumptions, your views, your worldviews, your ideological constructs. And you came to realize Aha, what I was swearing for months and years to be unreal, i.e. conspiracy theory, is in fact true. And this is what happened to Sage Steele. I'm going to read a portion of her article when I come back from the break. Powerful article. And by the way, I'd recommend that you go online, look up the interview between Megyn Kelly and Sage Steele. And the testimony is about two hours long, and it will be utterly refreshing to you how she has come into an awareness of the truth that she was prepared for all her life, but in pursuit of money, compromised her integrity and was set up for this crisis that led to the revelation. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It happens to people all the time. Anyhow, we've got that and another profound article that would assert that we have been captured and dominated and controlled by the LGBTQ flag. Rainbow flag has dominated America and taken down everybody, including most of our churches. Well, I want to talk about the implications of that proposition as well. And then we'll take your phone calls on this Monday edition of Lifeline. The number, if you want to prepare to give me a call, is one 367 Time to dialogue about reality and try to keep our eyes open to the fictitious propaganda that is seeking to cause you and I to go to sleep. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Here we are. The time is 5.20 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. August 21st, 2023. And school is in and kids are going hither and yon. 
getting their education. But ladies and gentlemen, you and I must not go to sleep. We must not go to sleep. The reality is, is that um, our kids are in more danger today than they ever have been when it comes to the propaganda that is actually being disseminated in our school systems. I have every right. I have every right to tell you. I raised eight kids. They all went to uh, some parts of public school. We did homeschooling for a lot, uh, and then we did some public schools. Couldn't afford private school, but did public school. Did the best ones we thought were appropriate for our kids. But today's indoctrination of wokeism, social justice, and and uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is such a far, far, far cry from the superior academic, educational, historical education that our kids received just some 10 years ago. Um, and, and it's showing up so clearly in the statistics. America is doing the worst around the world. That's obvious. Um, and California is leading the pack. And unfortunately, they have done in African-Americans. And uh, I, I can only say that when you are devolving educationally to that degree, you will not be great for long. And, and that's what's going on in your country, ladies and gentlemen. And you, you need to wake up to it. If your parents, if your post parents, if your grandparents, you need to, be, need to be praying about it. And you need to also be doing something about it. Sage Steele. Like I said, she worked for ESPN for a long time. Tall, beautiful, mid-aged African-American sister. Her experience with ESPN was rough and rocky early on, but ultimately, um, really what got her were the COVID shot mandates. Uh, it's just absolutely startling. You gotta gotta watch the interview with, uh, with Megyn Kelly. Because what she had stated was she she knew she didn't want to take the shots only because not so much as pertaining to the shot. We know better about it, but she didn't want to be told by her government what she should do. She didn't want to be told by her government what she should do, be what she should do under a mandate for something that everyone should have had the absolute freedom to do or not do, even with the um confidentiality of their doctor but confidentiality was removed the doctors were removed the uh personal care was removed and you and i were put on a government sponsored uh dod department of defense sponsored uh, uh, uh medical experimentation that was far more of a bioweapons experimentation and this is still going on today people don't like it but swallow the red pill because it's what's going on and intuitively you know it as well well sage she finally said something about something about it after that she had succumbed to taking the shot she took the shots she wanted to keep her job you got to watch it megan kelly and and sage still beautiful two-hour presentation but here's what i want to say in terms of her swallowing the red pill really coming to the epiphany that we're dealing with a maoist re-education camp going on in our world and it's not in one place it is ubiquitous it's everywhere it's all parts of the system and here's what sage still who was an 11 year old girl girl watching the 1984 olympics when she decided to become a sportscaster, she was talking about um, how 
um, her, her dad, who was a military um, giant of, of sorts, uh, really motivated her into it. And uh, she's the mom of three, and she's leaving the ESPN network after 16 years. And the network that made her vision a reality, when people ask why, Sage is blunt. Here's what she says. No one should have to choose between their dream and free speech. No one should have to choose between their dream and free speech. Well, is that true, ladies and gentlemen? So I want to know, have you swallowed the red pill or have you swallowed the blue? Are men and women across this nation in the West and around the world being forced to choose their dream or free speech? Are people today in droves being told if you say that, you will lose your job? If you say that, you will be demoted. If you say that, you will be tarred and feathered. If you say that, you will be blacklisted. You will be censored. You will be everything under the sun under this Maoist re-education camp. Is that really true? Please, I want you to think about it. She goes on to say, it broke my heart. Steele says now about how things unfolded at ESPN. The self-described military brat, that's what she was, may not have expected the cutthroat environment of sports broadcasting, but the bigger surprise was how differently she was treated for her conservative views. Uh Uh-oh, there you go. Her outspokenness on the company's vaccine mandate, her race, transgender sports, George Floyd, riots, and other cultural flashpoints landed her in a surprisingly state of hot water. You and I know this has been going on for many years, has it not? Has it not? Since Biden got in, it's been escalated exponentially. Why? We are in a Maoist re-education camp, where not only are you told what to say, you are told what to think. And if you don't do and think what we say, you will be disciplined. You will be punished. The uh, the the ESPN, former ESPN, Sage Steele, was hauled into private conversations with ESPN brass. She was warned to keep her mouth shut. All I ever wanted, she said, was consistency. This is what she told Megyn Kelly in a two-hour conversation that spanned her rocky relationship with the Disney-owned company. And if we are allowing my peers to go on social media, much less on our own airwaves, saying things that have nothing to do with sports that are political, then I should be allowed on my personal time to give my opinion on my experiences personally without telling others what to do. There were different rules for me, she says, and everyone else. Well, that That's what happens when you don't swallow the blue pill and buy into the propaganda of wokeism. Once they identify you as not being sleep, they will target you to tear you down, censor you, make you small, punish you, and if they can, re-educate you. Well, this is what our sister went through. She goes on to say that uh, for violating their unspoken ban on discussing politics, the condition to come back was that still was to apologize, something she says she did not want to do. 
I fought, I fought, and I begged, and I screamed, and I was told that if I want to keep my job, I have to apologize. Do you guys know anything about that Maoist re-education camp uh, requirement? Do you know about it? If you do, give me a call, one 367 5329 In other words, were you someone at some time who spoke up, told the truth, and then you were told if you don't apologize, you're going to lose your job, lose your position, lose your status? This is Maoist re-education camp strategy. Our country is being turned into a bunch of wussies in the sense of being controlled by a government narrative. It doesn't matter who you are. And, And our dear sister said she begged and screamed and she was told that if she wanted to keep her job, that she had to apologize. I knew there I knew there was a line somewhere. I just didn't know where it was until I crossed it. When she returned to work, still admits now to being terrified. That's what that education is designed to do. Terrified. Saying that the workplace had become openly hostile. What bothered her most, she insisted, is the hypocrisy of the rules. You can't have it both ways, she said. You can't preach diversity, equity, and inclusion and tolerance and then cut people off because they don't believe the way that you say they're supposed to believe because of the color of their skin or their gender. It is wrong. And then she said, I'm done. And so she left. But here's the good news. She also not only left putting her $3 million salary, credibility, and personal skin on the line, she sued the sports behemoth, behemoth, among other things, the lawsuit claimed that Steele was punished not only for exercising her constitutional right to free speech, but the content of that speech. She says, as we prepare to break, I feel like God has put me here for a reason, not just the way he made me, but to get out there and have this conversation and to call out the hypocrisy because that's what it is. Welcome to the club, Miss Steele. Welcome to the team, Miss Steele. Welcome to the red peel field. Welcome to waking up to the reality that you will not succeed by keeping your mouth shut, being quiet. Welcome to the battle, my dear sister. Welcome to everyone that's waking up to the reality that this America is not your grandmama's America, no matter how bad it was then. Welcome to the reality that your left-wing party is not a party really for the people. Your right-wing party needs to wake up because I'm going to read a second article that will tell you it's captivated by the rainbow flag as well. You and I need to wake up to the reality that there is something that can be done and what must never not be done is for you to be silent on the truth. You say you are a Christian, then speak the truth in love and let the chips fall where they may. This is what you're called to. This is what I'm called to as well. People need love, but they need truth more than they need love. And especially if that love comes with a lie, it's not love at all. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, one 367 5329 one More when we come back from this break. And now back to Lifeline. The time is 535 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Giston. We are talking about the benefit of coming upon the red pill, taking the red pill, um, experiencing the red pill, 
uh, and, and seeing how the red pill will not only wake you up, but it will it will embolden you to do what you should have did in the first place. Created in the Imago Day also means that we stand for what is right, good and true, righteous, goodness and truthfulness. These are attributes of God, characteristics that are shared with us, communicable attributes that all human beings have. They must prevail. Righteousness, goodness, and truth must prevail. That means whenever lies are perpetrated, we must challenge those lies. That is the purpose of freedom. You don't have freedom to cower. You don't have freedom to be silent. You don't have freedom to um, to hide. You don't have freedom to fear and to doubt. You have freedom to speak truth. You have freedom to uh, boldly and with humility uh, proclaim what is right and be ready to uh, engage in the consequences that fall out. God is for men and women who speak the truth in love. God is for men and women who boldly declare what's right. The proverb says the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one's pursuing them. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you and I must know we are in a season now where standing up for what's right in America is critically important to not only the future of America, but the future, the future of the world in many ways, because the world is looking to us wondering whether or not we will recover from this matrix delusion of this bizarre, unreal propaganda that comes in the form of social justice that is absolutely wreaking havoc everywhere. It's remarkable, again, to me that the church is nowhere really to be found in the conversation. You're not hearing it anywhere. That means they've been captivated, too. Not only, uh, well, and thank God for, for Miss Steele coming to bear on these matters, because not only did she uh, finally, finally overcome submission to the system. She did take the shot. She did take the second one. She did take the booster. We pray that nothing happens to her with it, although we know the stats. Um, she did apologize because uh, she wanted to keep her job precariously. She was a mother of three. Dad wasn't in their lives. She was the main breadwinner. That is a problem. You know that. But um, she did ultimately rise to the occasion and sue them. And, and there are lots of folks who have been mistreated during this whole campaign since COVID started that are suing institutions, suing the government. Missouri versus Biden is an Aaron Carey uh, uh, um, lawsuit. He is, uh, along with others, suing our government, and he's winning in the courts right now because there is a, a mode of redress for unconstitutional behavior, even though it appears that it's not. So it is. You got to fight for what's right, particularly when it's constitutionally so. Um, there's another uh, note I want to bring to your attention. Again, the number to call me is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. So kudos to Miss Steele. Check her out, Megan Kelly and Steele uh, Sage Steele. Great interview. If you're a female, it'll probably have you crying. But it will inform you and wake you up to the reality that you got to be on the true right side of history. And the right side of history of neo-Marxist socialism is the wrong side. The right side of history is biblical, is God-centered, is grounded in Christ, is grounded in truth. It's the right side of history. It's speaking the truth in love, 
It's doing no harm to your neighbor because love worketh no ill to its neighbor. But it's standing on the reality of what God has said is really the case concerning this world. Now, there's another thought I want to bring to your mind for this moment in the title of this article written by a Rob Pugh. Now, Rob is a contributor to a uh, a, a, a news advertisement company um, called News with Views, where reality shatters illusions. You can go on to News with Views, where reality shatters illusions. Great proposition, isn't it? Because biblical truth is reality according to God and according to Jesus. And it shatters illusions and brings you up out of the deceptions of this world system so that you can know what truth is. Okay. And that's really, really critically important. Here is the um, commentary by Rob View. He says on June 17th, Capitol Square in Madison, Wisconsin was packed with people. He's talking about an event that just came up a few days ago. It was the usual crowd shopping at the farmer's market. I love going to the farmer's market. I don't know about you. I enjoy it. But those shoppers were overwhelmed by the sheer numbers of people who came to watch or participate in the annual, get this now, naked bike ride. Now, this is a little old Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> the author says, you heard me right. And this was the 13th annual naked bike ride around the Capitol Square. I had no idea such a bike ride was an annual event. Most of the bike riders were completely nude, though many were decorated with body paint, as if that matters. And of course, the rainbow flag was prominent as well. Of course it is. That is their banner of unrighteousness. I've always just shaken my head at this annual event, assuming it was just another perversion that could only happen in the reprobate city of Madison, home of the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Well, there you go. When a city allows evil to establish itself, you can expect evil to occur. He goes on. But this year I learned that this event is worldwide and has been going on since 2001. Whoa. 22 years. 2001. Since 9-11. But only came to Wisconsin 13 years ago. That's still a long time. The first naked bike ride took place in Spain that year. By 2004, there were naked bike rides in 28 cities and 10 countries. Just six years later, the event boasted 74 cities, 17 countries. Today, there are naked bike riders in every U.S. state. It turns out that Madison, Wisconsin is small potatoes compared to some of the others. Madison only had 150 or so riding their bikes naked around the state capitol building. That's enough. Two would have been enough for me. 150? Are you kidding? That is a fiasco. In Portland, there were more than 10,000. Their stated purpose for these rides is to support a positive body image. Sure. In other words, pride, as well as to lessen our dependence on fossil fuel. Give me a break. That's what the author is saying. I agree with him. So you're going to ride your bikes butt naked, utterly inappropriate to angels and men. 
and you're going to call this a, uh, a, a, a a tribute to fossil fuels, uh, the fossil fuel industry. How can this be allowed, said the author? What about laws against indecent exposure, public nudity, or lewd and lascivious behavior? I used to hear that all the time growing up. Oh, don't pee in the bushes. Don't pee in the bushes. That's against the law. So a brother struggled to get to a bathroom. Now, look what they're doing in the streets. Every state has different laws regarding these things. In California, for instance, public nudity hasn't been considered a crime since 2000. That's called equity, ladies and gentlemen. Equity is this unrighteous, unjust allowing of evil to be wreaked in the name of reparations for poor and disadvantaged and and, and black people, minorities, if you will. That's what you're getting. You're getting a destruction of society, a destruction of order, a destruction of boundaries, a a destruction of decency, a destruction of morals and ethics. Welcome to Gotham City. He goes on to say, how can this be allowed? He says in California, for instance, public nudity hasn't been considered a crime since 2000. But even where indecent exposure laws are on the books, enforcement of those laws are very lax. We know that, don't we? I remember in the 1970s, he said, when streaking was popular in some places, I do too. People laughed it off. Ray Stevens even did a comedic song about it in 1974. But what may have started as a joke is no laughing matter. He's so right. You see a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And this is where the church has been asleep for a long time. He's going to actually make observation about that in a moment. I mean, maybe let me just go ahead on and jump and say it before I go to break. What's so incongruent about the church of the living God? When it sees so much perversion and corruption and deviation from normalcy and decency and ethics and morals, what's so wrong about the church standing up and saying something about it publicly? Here's another question. What's so wrong about the church being silent about these things publicly? Well, the latter is easy to answer. When the church is silent, this is the society that you get. This is the society that you get. one 367 one Love to entertain your phone calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline 1, 888 We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we've got 10 minutes in this uh, segment, and then we have a whole hour to continue our conversation. Two things I brought to the table. I was reading an article here, um, as I shared with you, uh, concerning uh, what's going on in our society. Can you believe it? All around the world, they're doing this these naked bike rides in the name of uh, social justice. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, the, the author is indicating by his proposition that what you and I are seeing is an absolute takeover uh, by the rainbow flag, a kind of symbol of a, an encroaching army that has entered into and invaded the spaces of a country and has planted its flag and is now uh, bringing into captivity all the institutions and all the people and all the citizens to the authority of that uh, of that banner. Is that true? 
ladies and gentlemen. Is that true? I, I, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I, I, I think that is a very I think this is a very insightful idea that the rainbow flag conquered America right under the noses of the sleeping church. And I, I really I really want to hear from you on that. How could that have occurred? And is that true? Or is he is he dramatizing this takeover, this coup, this 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 domination of our world by uh, by such a thing? Is this is this inflammatory? Is he just is he exaggerating or is he telling truth? Are we really being invaded by a hostile ideological system that has power behind it to actually bring people into captivity and change their behavior and change their identity? I mean, you and I could enumerate so many areas in which change is occurring along the same symmetry of uh, transhumanism, transgenderism. This, this this transition from what used to be the norm to something else. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'm going to maintain that question over into the new hour. I want to know if you've swallowed the red pill or the blue pill. I want to know if you're awake to these realities or not. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number two and talk with Dave from Oakland. Dave, are you there? Dave on line two. Dave, are you there? He just hung up. Okay, David hung up. He'll, he'll call back. All right, you guys. All the lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. All the lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. This is not alarming to you. The idea that we can have an America. Uh, the author just stated, I forget how many states is engaging in this burlesque, um, just atrocious behavior. 28, there were naked bike rides in 28 cities in 10 countries, 74 cities in 17 countries. This is absolutely phenomenal. In Portland, there were 10,000 there started uh, 10,000 naked bike riders in Portland. Now, Portland is a mess. You guys know it. And he, he, he opened the door to the question, how can this be allowed? What about laws against indecent exposure? We talked about that. We talked about that. He goes on to say in, uh, in, in his article, I remember in the 70s when streaking was popular. But what may have started as a joke is no laughing matter anymore today those that take part in these public events have an agenda and it has little to do with supporting a positive body image and only the most ignorant woke college educated phds or public school teachers believe it has anything at all to do with climate change due to fossil fuels i think his argument is right i think also again part of the marxist tactic is to present something as if it has a noble foundation or a noble goal and really behind it is nothing but absolute perversion and corruption that's what i actually believe i believe again that you are being so inundated with emotional arguments historical misrepresentations uh distorted facts uh, and threats, threats. You combine that um, uh, together as a kind of mode of um, 
of, uh, of flooding people with information. And, and sure, you're going to knock people off their feet. He goes on to say, now, I would imagine, now, I would imagine if I were to go to my local country courthouse, county courthouse, remove all of, 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 clo- of my clothes and ride around the building on my bike, I'd likely be stopped by law enforcement and very likely taken to a mental facility for observation and evaluation, which is what should happen. I may even be given a citation for indecent exposure, but if I were to do so carrying a rainbow flag, none of that would happen. Is he telling the truth? Can you and I get behind the rainbow flag and engage in simulated sex, simulated sex? Uh, Can you and I get behind the rainbow flag and engage in promiscuous, burlesque, foolish dancing in front of four and five and six year olds and it be accepted? What say ye? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Behind the flag, it appears that you can engage in almost every kind of wicked perversion there there possibly is, and it's protected. If that's true, then we have another country in our country running this present country. You see, the rainbow flag, as he says, is magical. It automatically erases all laws on the books. Likewise. If any normal person were to expose themselves during the 4th of July parade or festival, there would be some sort of negative consequences unless they were holding that magical rainbow flag. Then it's all okay. And if a man were to dress up like a woman and go to a city park and begin dancing naked, nearly naked in front of little children, not so long ago, that man would have been charged with serious crimes and likely earned a lifelong status as a sex offender but not if he's got the flag. What a magical thing that rainbow flag has become. It even allows pornography to be handed out in schools and public libraries to little kids. It even allows your children to be mentally abused and physically manipulated or mutilated legally by so-called doctors for profit. It even forces those who are unwilling to participate in the sodomite agenda or activities to do so or face millions in legal fees and years in prison in order to continue doing business as a baker, photographer, graphic designer, website builder, or wedding venue host. What an amazing tool this rainbow flag has become. It nullifies all laws in the books. It suspends all constitutional rights of those who oppose it. And it gives a free pass for perverted men and women to do as they please, not only indulging their own personal perversions in public, but also forcing the rest of society to celebrate these abominations as well. What a magical rainbow flag that must be. But in most places in America, you still really can't you can't get away with any of these things without the rainbow flag. Imagine a police officer encountering a pedophile who is actively seducing and twisting the minds of young people in a public place. Regardless of whether or not the child's parents were present, if this were taking place, the pedophile would be on his way to jail but not if he's got a rainbow flag. That magical thing stops law enforcement dead in their track. That magical thing stops law enforcement dead in their tracks. Recently, we've heard a great deal about child sex trafficking, have we not? 
and record numbers of people being prosecuted for having child porn on their computer and phones, have we not? And they should be prosecuted to the prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. In my opinion, if you harm a child, there's no penalty penalty sufficient enough for you, with the exception of the millstone you've read about for yourself and you've heard about it and you've earned it. If you do that, as Jesus said, put a millstone around your neck. This author is making a lot of sense, is he not? He says also such intolerance and bigotry from our Savior. Some will say, well, Jesus took this much more seriously than we do. Deep sea divers will tell you what happens to the human body when you go too deep too quickly. Your eyes, your lungs, your internal organs implode because of the pressure. So when Jesus spoke of the millstone being cast into the depths of the sea, he didn't simply mean the person would drown. And his listeners knew exactly what that meant, too. Harming a child deserves the hardest harshest punishments and harshest penalties one can imagine. I've got more on this I do want to talk about. I really appreciate his article, uh, his article, don't you? Because what he's doing is bringing to light the real atrocity, the real threat, the real consequences of the invasion of this new army, this new country, this new government that has imposed itself on top of the red, white, and blue flag, which has which has been completely emasculated over the last 20, 30 years, as you know. Burn that flag and then raise the rainbow flag, the magical rainbow flag. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, one 367 367-5329. Two lines open. one 367 5329 I'll get to your calls after we pay some bills. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we're back. We're in the second hour, 606 Got one line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number two, and then we'll go to line number one. David in uh, San Leandro. David, are you there? Oakland, rather. David, what's going on? Hey, Pastor Jesse, how's it going? I'm good, man. What's up with you? So, yeah, man, you know, just just, uh, taking in and hearing the topics of the day. Um, I just had like I was thinking about some of the stuff that you was talking about and uh saying, you know, to myself, that's interesting. And the uh the thing I wanted to talk to you was about like I wanted to ask you that is it more of that we're seeing more stuff evil today or do we just have uh information to it available because I feel like our country has always had like these levels of evil to them, but everything was behind closed doors. So we didn't really have the, uh, you know, internet. We didn't have, uh, uh, you know, social media. We didn't have all this, you know, information available. We didn't have no Google. And so everything is coming out. Like, you know, time is uh, making our country grow more evil and evil. And I will say this, it is certain things that's being pushed that, you know, that definitely wasn't the norm. But I still feel like there were other evils uh, 
in this country. And to be honest, I can say I feel like this country has never been truly a nation uh, under under God. And people have claimed that and said, you know, back in the day, this country really used to follow God uh, or used to really have morals and values. But I feel like that was only to a certain people. Like, how could you be a country of morals and values, but you had, you know, you had slaves and you had the atrocities that you did to the Native Americans. And, and even after slavery, you had stuff like Jim Crow and, and, and segregation where they were, you know, killing people that were free in the streets, lynching them and dismembering their bodies. And they still had people um, being buck broke, you know, uh, doing sexual things to them in order for them to gain favor in society or like how they did in slavery where they would have them doing uh, fighting each other and, you know, and then doing sexual things with them, what they would call butt breaking now. So I just wanted you to speak to that. Um, yeah, yeah, because definitely. I feel like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I would go both and. I wouldn't say that it's either that we're now just being exposed to the information that was always there, um, and and because you know we have better technology, more comprehensive, ubiquitous um, sources of information that's coming to us all at once. I obviously that's going to increase our sensibilities and our scope of awareness of evil. And you would be right. David, that even 20 years ago, but much more 50 years ago or 100 years ago, news and information was slow in getting about. So, of course, we could easily postulate uh, a society being wicked and, and only a few people knowing about it. So our consciousness is only as broad as our data or information can allow it to be informed. So uh, that that is a legitimate observation uh, but it doesn't cancel out the reality that from the beginning of time up till now, we have been increasing in wickedness and increasing in evil, as your Bible says. Your Bible says that evil and wickedness is like leaven. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And the Apostle Paul, speaking about the latter days, he said this in Second Timothy 3, verse 1, Know this also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. That's that's the constituent characteristic of dying days, final days before the end of an epic, the end of an age, the end of a kingdom is that it corrupts, it disintegrates, and it falls into massive levels of debauchery. You can just look at your Old Testament church called Israel, and, uh, and uh, this is going to bleed over into the second question that I'm going to parse around of behavior and conduct in a nation. Can a nation be good and bad at the same time? Can it have good people and wicked people in it at the same time? Can it have good kings and bad kings? Can it have uh, legitimately noble and virtuous citizens engaging in noble and virtuous behavior while at the same time having wicked elements in its government that allows for and promotes evil and wickedness? And of course, my answer is gonna be a speedy yes, Fundamentally, there is no place in, in scripture or in history where there hasn't been times where the righteous have not had to fight against the evils and wickedness of a society. And sometimes the righteous prevail for significant periods of time. Your Bible teaches you that. And there was peace in the days of King David. And there was significant peace in the days of King Solomon. And there was significant peace 
in the days of Josiah and so forth and so on. And yet the prophets would say how wicked and evil and vile and perverse the people were, particularly when there were wicked kings. As you know, the Bible says um, evil is the undoing of any nation. Righteousness promotes a nation, but wickedness is the undoing of a nation. And listen to what Paul said in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil men will seduce and wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Evil men will seduce and wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He understood the leavening effect. And that's where you and I are in our present uh, cultural situation. So let's just talk about the brief angle of, uh, of slavery, Jim Crow, and wicked debauchery that our history is stained with in America. You gave the example of what we all know has really been the talking points of the left for many, many decades concerning Jim Crow, concerning slavery, concerning um, uh, the transatlantic slave movement. You gave, you've given that. You've talked about the evils of our country that we all know and are aware of. My, my, grand, my uh, great-grandparents were slaves. Um, but does that mitigate or cancel all of the righteous deeds that were done at the same time in our country, in different places, different spaces, with different faces? Does that mitigate it? Does it diminish it? Does it destroy it? The answer is no. This is the thing that we're all going to find out on the last day. We're going to find out on the last day who were the righteous and who were the wicked. Jesus says he's going to set the goats on his left hand and the, the, the sheep on his right hand. There will be a revelation on the day when Jesus returns in his judgment, and we're going to see who the righteous were, and we're going to see who the wicked were. And I guarantee you, my dear brother, this is going to be true in every country on the planet, whether in India, whether in Africa, whether in Europe, whether in Spain, whether in Russia, whether in China, or whether in America. Wherever human beings are, you will have a record of the righteous and a record of the wicked. And we shall not, by God's grace, exalt the wicked as if they are the only purveyors of history. We shall not deny the rich labors of freed slaves, men and women, who labored to put an end to wickedness and did not leave that country. They didn't burn their country down as the neo-Marxists want to do. They saw the evil. They recognized the evil. Oh, even your master, the Lord Jesus Christ, David, he came to Israel when it was at its lowest. And he went to temple and he went to synagogue and he talked about Jerusalem being the city of the great king. And so the Lord Jesus Christ was able to see the blessing in the cluster of the grapes laying on the ground. And I think that that's the way fair authors, historians ought to paint human experience. That, yes, there was a lot of evil. Israel, as you know, we teach this all the time, has done a great deal of evil. You know that. But we shall not uh, neglect the labors of Moses, the labors of Joshua, the, the labors of good judges. Uh, we may not uh, neglect the labors of the good kings. We may, may not neglect the labors of the prophets. 
uh, of the apostles, of the early patristic fathers, before the Roman church became dominated by a political arm instead of the power of the gospel. We also may not neglect the efforts of the Reformation. We also may not neglect the efforts of uh, uh, Wilberforce and others who put an end to slavery in Europe before it even got here and at high cost. This is the kind of thing we must always do as Christians, that is to give the whole story and understand as I take a break. The best we can do in this world is to plant the flag of grace and truth and realize that few, many are called, few are chosen. And we're going to always have a dark, evil time in this world. And yet God will always smile upon and give grace to the righteous. So for me, it's a bold and. It's increasing in wickedness. But there's always an election according to grace, like Esther and others, like Ruth, like Tamar, like uh, Rahab. Standing for the truth. And we got to make sure that as we see the evil and call it for what it is, never, ever not speak to the truth and the good that men and women are also doing, because that is by the grace of God. Thank you for the call, my dear brothers. Two lines open, one 888 Two lines open, one 888 I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 622 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me see. There's one line open, one 888 One line open. Let's quickly go to line one and talk with Leslie from the Bay Area. Leslie, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Pastor Jesse. Hi, how are you? Good. So uh, we're having our next Star Search meeting this Saturday at at the Oakland Rockridge Library. And this is to encourage people to run in the 2024 elections as a candidate. Uh, There are many local offices. Uh, There are over 150 local offices in Alameda County. Or to encourage them to support candidates. How uh, how well did it go last week at the Rockridge Library there in Oakland? Um, no, the Rockridge one is this Saturday. The oh, last oh, oh yeah, you, oh, you were out. You were hanging out with us last Saturday. That's right. Yes. <laughs> had, to of, had to think about it. Okay, so it's this yeah, Saturday. Yeah. No. What's very interesting? I'm seeing a lot of interest in people in the Oakland area, more so than other neighborhoods, and it could be because they're hurting more in Oakland area. I, I would agree. And can I ask you a question about that uh, in terms of their interest in getting involved in local politics in Oakland? It, what is the ethnicity? What is the what is the demographics of that? Would you get an idea where you guys are able to get a sample of age, um, ethnicity, um, socioeconomic status or, or what? what? What are you able to pick up from that? I, I won't really know. Well, I, I, I haven't met these people, right? So, but I, I'm getting responses um, back. Okay, got it. Got it. Meeting. Got it. And so, okay, so this Saturday. No, go ahead yeah, on. This Saturday. Right, this Saturday um, at the Northridge Library, and I'm thinking it's North Oakland. What? What? What oh, is? No, what is the actual? It's Rockridge. Uh, Rockridge. Rockridge. Yeah. Okay. So, well, Rockridge is. Yeah, Rockridge is. 
Rockridge is at the edge of East Oakland, or downtown Oakland. It's over by um, Tech High School. Um, and what's the address? Five, yeah, 5366 College Avenue. Right. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's heading very towards Berkeley. Near, yeah, it's very near the Rockridge BART station. Yes, yes, so that's yes. That's convenient. where convenient. Okay, no, that's great. And, uh, and, and it's next Saturday at what time? Oh, uh, this Saturday at 1230 to 230. Right, 1230 to 230 this Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get involved, get informed, get educated, find uh, a candidate to support or become one yourself, uh, definitely this is a great opportunity. And Leslie, uh, give us some contact information by which people can get a hold of you guys. Yeah, so we have an email address, which is, uh, I'll say it first and then spell it. It's Tom. Wong USA at gmail.com and that's spelled T O M W O N G USA at gmail.com. Right. Tom Wong USA at gmail.com. Tom Wong USA at gmail.com to get a hold of uh, Tom, get a hold of Leslie, and, and they'll be glad to navigate you guys toward the, toward the event. Um, a hundred, a uh, hundred openings, did you say, or 150? There's over 150 for all of Alameda County. Of now, everyone that. will only be able to vote for a subsect because let's say you live in Castro Valley, you can't be voting sure. for things in Pleasanton. No, that's right. But, but still, that's quite a, yeah. quite a bit of activity open. Yeah. The, yeah look, what's so interesting is there are many positions that people aren't aware of. So th- there are people that run for these and they run unopposed. They don't have to campaign. They just walk right in. They have no opposition. And that's not good. We need to have you know, healthy competition. I agree. And, and I think, um, again, uh, hopefully I can get you scheduled uh, our time and we can talk about that. Because think about it. If, in fact, there are so many openings and some good people run, that's the whole premise for which you guys are doing what you're doing, then even those good people will get in, you know, fairly easy because people aren't even interested in getting involved at that level. Would, would that not be true? Yeah, so we're saying it, it may not be that hard. Everyone thinks it's so hard. It may not be. We, we see a lot of college board seats that just run unopposed. Right, right. And that that's just fascinating to me. I, I think that that conversation needs to actually be brought to the table and discussed more about the possibility of easy access to positions where people can start uh, making a difference in their in their neighborhoods and in their society. I, I really that that fascinates me. I'm looking forward to having more conversation about that. Listen, thanks for the call. Keep up the good work and we will talk to you soon, Leslie. All right, let's see here. What am I going to do? I really want to finish this article before I go to the phone calls and chat with uh, William and James. You two hold on. I want to finish this article. It's th- we got three minutes before the break. I want you to hear this because I didn't know this. And then I'll take your phone calls. There is a line open now that Leslie dropped. one 367 This is what the author of the article that I shared with you earlier called the rainbow flag conquered America right under the noses of sleeping churches. And here's what he's stating has occurred. He says over in, um, in the latter part of his article, he says, while it sickens me to do this, I'm going to quote for you now 
excerpts from the homosexual manifesto excerpts from the homosexual manifesto written by michael swift so you guys can check him out michael swift s-w-i-f-t the homosexual manifesto and it was entered into the congressional records in 1987 very hallmark period of time now listen to what he says this is the homosexual manifesto and you and i need to know how entrenched this overt attack on our society is, is because people don't want to believe us when we rent our garments, so to speak, about the evil that's going on in our land. But listen to what he says. He says, and this is the homosexual manifesto, we shall sodomize your sons, emblems of your feeble masculinity, of your shallow dreams and vulgar lies. We shall seduce them in your schools in your dormitories, in your gymnasiums, in your locker rooms, in your sports arenas, in your seminaries, in your youth groups, in your movie theaters, in your bathrooms, in your army bunk houses, in your truck stops, in your all-male clubs, in your houses of Congress. Wherever men are with men together, your sons shall become our minions and do our bidding. They will be recast in our image. They will come to crave and adore us. Women, you cry for freedom. You say you are no longer satisfied with men. They make you unhappy. We connoisseurs of the masculine face, the masculine physique, shall take your men from you then. We will amuse them. We will instruct them. We will embrace them when they weep. Women, you say you wish to live with each other instead of with men. Then go and be with each other. All laws banning homosexual activity will be revoked. Instead, legislation shall be passed, which engenders love between men. All homosexuals must stand together as brothers. We must be united artistically, philosophically, socially, politically, and financially. We will stab you in your cowardly hearts and defile your dead, puny bodies. We will unmask the powerful homosexuals who masquerade as heterosexuals. You will be shocked and frightened when you find that your president and your sons, their sons, your industrialists, your senators, your mayors, your generals, your athletes, your film stars, your television personalities, your civics leaders, your priests are not the safe, familiar, bourgeois, heterosexual figures you assume them to be. We are everywhere. We have infiltrated your ranks. Those who oppose us will be exiled. We shall raise vast private armies to defeat you. The family unit will be abolished. All churches who condemn us will be closed. For us, too much is not enough. For us, too much is not enough. These are just excerpts from this manifesto, but you can find the entire thing online if you choose. There you go. They have their own Bible, too. You think this is a farce? Take the red pill. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. one 367 more More to be said. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. William from Oakland, hold on. James from Modesto, hold on. 
and Elisa from Burlingame, hold on. What I want to do is finish reading this article, this manifesto that's actually in the halls of Congress right now. Here's what this guy also says will occur. We will unmask the powerful homosexuals, the powerful homosexuals. He's talking about leaders of authority who masquerade as heterosexuals. And we know some of them. We already know who some of them are. You will be shocked and frightened when you find that your presidents and their sons, your industrialists, your senators, your mayors, your generals, your athletes, your film stars, your television personalities, your civic leaders, your priests are not the safe, familiar bourgeois, 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 uh, heterosexual figures you assume them to be. We are everywhere. Sounds like legion, huh? We have infiltrated your ranks. Those who oppose us will be exiled. We shall raise vast private armies to defeat you. The family unit will be abolished. All churches who condemn us will be closed. For us, too much is not enough. Now, he says these are excerpts from this manifesto, but you can find the entire thing online if you choose. Suffice it to say, the vulgar demon of Sodom has risen once again and is stronger than ever, supported by every major corporation in the world with trillions of dollars. This man is not lying. The rainbow flag is one of the conquests. And when state houses and U.S. Capitol buildings fly it, it symbolizes the LGBTQP plus mob's complete domination and conquering of our nation. I don't know if this is not an accurate statement in total, you guys. It renders all laws null and void. It renders all laws null and void. I told you about the absence of laws concerning indecent exposure with the tens of thousands of naked bike riders. All must submit. If you dare defy the almighty demon of sodomy and perversion, you will be persecuted and assaulted. Now, true Christ followers are, however, pushing back. Like Gideon's army, the faithful remnant is few in number, but there are always at least a few real Christians speaking out against this abomination. Recently, a young man in Watertown, Wisconsin, was arrested at the Pride Fest there. His crime? Standing across the street and praying. Police officers converged on him as if he was the Unabomber. This happens to Christians whenever they attempt to push back against the sodomite demon because the sodomites are now the protected class, the ruling class, and the rest of us have become their slaves. Interesting. Let's go to line number three and talk with William from Oakland. William, are you there? Yes, sir. Reverend Jesse, how are you? I'm good. How are you, William? Man, I'm, I won't complain. I'm I'm on top of the dirt, and the dirt's not looking down on me. Amen. Thanking God for every minute of it. That's so, right. what's your thought? What I wanted to say is that the LBGT, LBGTQ community has bastardized the civil rights movement. In the name of civil rights, they've taken on this mantra. Um, and I like what Rabbi Snyder says about taking back the rainbow. God never intended for the rainbow 
to be a symbolization of the, the inhumane and narcissistic uh, takeover of people who had no I, intention of doing things the godly way. He never intended that to be, but they but but they've taken that symbolism and created flags and banners and all other kind of stuff where. And, and then, and then wants the nation to bow down to their foolishness. But God is not a respecter of person, and I just believe what He says. When Paul wrote to us, when he wrote to the Church of Rome in chapter one, it talks about all of this and yes, the country that they have uh, created and want to try to force feed us for consumption is just not right. And in the end, it won't win. But what do we do as society while we're waiting? Because okay. Uh, now, now that your, 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 your soliloquy is excellent, William. Answer that question, because uh, we only got one, one minute before I let you go. That's the question that we need to ask. What are we going to do while we're waiting? While, while we're waiting, me, I'm a minister of the gospel. I attended Allen Temple Baptist Church, and the feminization of the church, the feminization of the nation, the feminization of the world is out of order. The pecking order is God, Christ, man, woman. That's right. And when you work anything out of order, there's no order coming out of it. That's right. I, I, I attend a church, and I'm not afraid to say it, where the shepherdess is the leader of the congregation. And she's wrong for doing it. She's wrong for doing it. As the shepherd, huh? She's wrong for doing it. Let me say this. Let me say this. Pastor is a masculine term. The, the, in, in the Hebrew, pastor is a masculine term. It's a masculine term in the Greek. What are you talking it about? Sure it sure is. It sure is. And so I don't. I, I, I can't. I can't call. Uh, I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold me up. Hold on, because unfortunately, I would have loved to take this up to a whole segment with you because I appreciate your, your your clarity. I appreciate your simplicity and eloquence. You you turned a corner when you talked about the pastor of the um, Allen Temple Baptist Church because I, I know the history of it for a long time. And I, what I, I don't want to do is cut it short. So call me back again and you and I can talk about how oxymoronic it is and how how for whatever reason, it entered into a Baptist denominational trend and has taken on an anomaly. I'd love to deal with it because I've dealt with it in the past. People know me. They know I don't play with these, these kind of things because you stated it. Once you're out of order, you're out of order. You can never get order out of chaos. Call me back so we can talk more about that. I promise you I'll give you plenty of time, but we're so short on time today. Call me back. Call me back, my dear brother. God bless you. Let me go to line number uh, two and talk with James from Modesto. That's too big of a topic to leave alone because women preachers have been one of the emblems of a corruption of the church for a long time. And we can expand on that. Uh, James, are you there? 
Yes. What's up, Pastor Jesse? I'm hey, great. We got, we got, I, got, I got one minute with you, bro. I'll go real quick. So uh, I'm talking about 1 Corinthians 3.15. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. But if his work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. Can you explain that last part? The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames? Yeah, it's, it's called Lot. It's called Lot. Abraham's nephew Lot is a perfect model of that. Everything was burned up. He thought he could play close to the homosexual society, raise his family in the homosexual society. And when the judgment came, him, his wife, and his two daughters were taken by the angels out of the judgment. She turned because her heart was still in Sodom, and she perished. And his two daughters actually engaged in incest and created Moab and Ammon. Lot's choice was carnal, and everything burned up. His soul will be saved, but it will be saved so as by fire. That's, that's as simple as it gets. Otherwise, people will overcomplicate that text. The the scarlet colored thread, the scarlet colored thread in that exhortation in First Corinthians 3 is that that man will still be saved. Fortunately, we don't have a whole lot of those kind of carnal men because that means church, Christians will be combustible flames burning up everything in society because of their carnality. Thank you for the call. Got to take a hard break. When I come back, I'll close out with Elisa on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. Let's go to line number one and talk with Elisa from Berlin Game as we get ready to close out this segment. Hi, Elisa. Hey, uh, Hi, Elisa. Hi, Jesse. Hi. What's going on? What's up? Um, your voice got really low on the second half of the segment. Just to like, give you a heads up, same thing happened last week. Um, uh, anyway, second half of the segment? Yes. Okay. Like Steve can't well, even hear you. Yeah, they, I guess they'll work it out. What's going on? Perfect. Okay. Um, I wanted to um, address the Lahaina children and how um, they're they're just not even, like, really talking about them. Right. And right. Right. Um, it, it's really concerning. It just seems like they're making the children disposable so that, um, that we just get used to, like, not having children around or... And then I know that what will happen is that those those people will not have a, a reason to stay on their land if they don't right. have their, their children. That's right. That's right. So just the demons. No, this is this is this is more of the genocidal takeover of the globalist agenda. Uh as it always been happening with our Native American brothers and sisters, as you know, in many ways. First, you know, captivate, then corrupt. Uh, that's that's how how the West has done it for a long time, and then and then deconstruct, break the families up, and that's happened with our Native American brothers and sisters, as you know. It's happened with our African American brothers and sisters, as you know, and and it's also happening with our Latina brothers and sisters. Now, see, everybody's falling apart from the biblical model, as you know, Elisa. You know that because you're recovering. Um, every system, every ethnic group is collapsing. The Chinese will collapse eventually. If we hang out another seven to 20 years, their traditional system will collapse as well, because the only thing that can actually match 
the Mar- neo-Marxist, deconstructionist, anti-family, anti-God, anti-Christian model is a vigorous Christianity that's willing to suffer. And, and the reason why we lost so much ground this for the, for this far is because Christians have not been willing to suffer for righteousness sake for for others or even for themselves. Uh, but that it'll come to a it'll come to a halt. It'll come to a threshold at some point, and we'll realize that what's going on is um, a serious systematic approach to depopulation, and 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 we will recognize that we have been contributing factors by being careless about abortion, by being careless about divorce, by being careless about hierarchy of relationships, all of that. The church, professing Christians will be complicit in if we don't repent and stand up for what's good and what's right and what's just now. And especially talking about it. Like you said, nobody's talking about it. That's because everybody's afraid to talk about something that's not popular today. They're afraid to talk about what's not popular. This is so contrary to Jesus and the apostles because Jesus, him and John the Baptist came straight in talking about stuff that was not popular. Straight up, John the Baptist made it very clear. Now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. He just let them know, repent, you brood of vipers. The judgment is coming. Didn't nobody want to hear that, but it certainly did come in AD 70. Jesus did the same thing. So uh, this article that I have have read recently here, uh, Elisa, about uh, the rainbow flag conquering America right under the noses of the sleeping church, this is just one of the tactics of the multifaceted approach of the adversary coming in like with the rainbow flag thing. That's this here is kind of a political tactic to distract us while other really atrocious evils are going on, like child trafficking, child sacrifices, all this other kind of stuff going on. And, And nobody wants to fight nothing. They don't want to deal with anything. They don't want to speak out. Um, they don't want to serve. They don't want to help. They just want to live their life quietly. And as my brother was saying, Brother William, who had just recently called, and I'm looking forward to talking about what's going on in his church because he knows it's not right. Um, what he was saying is, you know, uh, people people, pe- people see these things going on and, and, and people aren't doing anything about it. I asked him the question, what shall you do? Because that's where we are today. We, we are in a place where if we see it, then we are culpable. This is what Christ said. Uh, you know, every idle word shall be brought up in judgment. When we see it, we won't be able to say to the angel, we didn't know. This is why people don't want to swallow the red pill. They don't want to wake up to their responsibility and privilege of standing for righteousness. They want to swallow that that blue pill. Go ahead, or I'll give you the last Jesse, word. Jesse, what, one more thing is that so I have a bunch of these Twitter friends that I've had since like for the last like couple of years because well, most of my friends dropped me. Sure. Um, so, and they're from Canada. They're from everywhere under the sun, and they're very people were very um, um, ready to understand what was going on, and then with everything with the with the jabs with. Uh, the shutdowns, they they get that whole they were we worked through that whole thing through it. And then the there's one major guy, he starts telling us that he lives in Maui, he starts saying that he there this was this was just an infrastructure uh, you know, imbalance and and failure. And 
I, I just couldn't believe it. So I, I got on and I just said, you guys, how can how can it be an infrastructure balance? How could you guys not see what's going on here? You know, there's no water. The alarms don't work. They sent the kids home from school. They blocked the roads. They now they're not giving them insurance for their homes. They right. didn't send the boat. They didn't send the boats in. They let right. these kids and people burn alive. The car doors yeah. are closed. Yeah. Um, and and they're and they're denying it. They're going, oh well, that's your opinion. I go, it's not my opinion. Where are where are those people I knew over the last two years? Who are you guys? And then I'm right. realizing, Jesse, one amazing thing is, uh-huh. is that those they're not God fearing. That's right. That's that's and, it. And and they're having a uh, they're having their the scales are on their eyes because I don't think that he they want it. He wants to believe that's happening in his city. And, and that's what it means to be sleep. Alisa, that's what I mean. Here, Maui has been attacked by what is called definitive uh, um, DEU, definitive employment of weapons, definite employment of weapons, uh, right along with geoengineering, set that whole island up to be incinerated. And you can see, I sent you guys some 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 uh, some um, some some uh, broadcasts on that recently. You can see areas where it's intentionally burned up, areas where it's absolutely fine. Directed uh, employment of weapons is this new technology. This is new technology. This is not this is not something that's hard for us to know. This is this is this is what was done in Vietnam. These are tactics. These are things that are well known. We just don't know why it's happening at the highest levels in terms of how they want to take over territory and take over land. But what we got to do is keep praying and keep speaking as you do speak in love, but be bold and keep speaking. Some of them will wake up. They're just scared. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. This is a Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, this, this Monday program is, is, is over with, but you have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for you to uh, to walk with God and to open your mouth wide and ask him to fill it with righteousness and love and grace and truth and boldness and confidence and 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 no don't don't be ignorant be, be willing to be willing to tell the truth in love um, especially if God calls you to he did that with Sage Steele the former ESPN host she fit she figured it out and now she's standing up for righteousness may you be one of those as well People are just looking for someone to simply say it. Tell me I'm not crazy. Tell me I'm not crazy. That's what they're asking for. Don't fear them that can kill the body. Fear him that can kill both body and soul in hell. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord calls his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord give you his peace. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.